I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Coronavirus and Classrooms, special coverage on Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources on a Monday. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. It's great to be with you. And we are continuing our exploration into higher education. And uh, really excited today uh, to have joining us uh, Dr. Denise Huftelin, uh, who is the eighth president of Salt Lake Community College and uh, is just one of those great thinkers and uh, great impact people in our community. Uh, her leadership there uh, since 2014, when she took over officially as the uh, eighth president, uh, has been marked by great innovation, great advancement, and great impact uh, on students. Uh, Dr. Huckelin, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on the show with you. Oh, this is great. And I, I actually remember I was still a chief of staff in Washington, D.C., and I remember your first trip back after you uh, became the official eighth president of Salt Lake Community yes. College. And I remember telling Senator Lee, I said, wow, we, we're going to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so nice. And can you believe that it's been almost seven years since I, that was that trip? Yeah, unbelievable. Well, you've, uh, yeah. you, you've done some extraordinary things there at Salt Lake Community College, and uh, you wrote a great piece for the Deseret News as part of a series on higher education and a lot of the uh, impact and, and lessons learned from uh, the pandemic. Uh, give us give us some insight. I'm particularly interested in this idea of your your high flex uh, course strategy. Tell us about that. Yeah, so it became clear to us, you know, this this uh, spring when we had to go to remote delivery so quickly, and then um, this summer as we stayed in a remote delivery mode, you know, things started to surface about the way students learn and things that students wanted. Some wanted to be on campus. Some really liked remote. Some actually needed a little of both. And so we, it became very clear to us that flexibility was going to be king here, and we needed to find ways to give all different kinds of options to our students so that they could learn in the best format possible. So high flex is, a, is an idea here where we have students that are kind of online and face-to-face. They do some of their work online. They do a lot of the lectures perhaps online, and then they come into face-to-face environments either for a lab kind of setting or for just kind of some hands-on, small group conversation that can be um, facilitated in a distance kind of safe way. And our faculty have just been really, really great about thinking about that flexibility in, in lots of different ways. Uh, that's uh, so, so vital. I, I know one of the other uh, initiatives that you've really been driving is is this state-of-the-art West Point Workforce Training and Education Center uh, that's really designed, and, and I love this. I think we need this in triplicate everywhere across the country, uh, really designed to spark industry partnerships. Uh, tell us more in that space. I think it's so important. Yes, we've had remarkable success with industry partners who came to us you know, over the years to say, we need a better and more skilled workforce, and we need it now. So we've developed all sorts of short-term, you know, two- to six-month certificates that students can come in and earn a certificate very quickly and then get out into the world of work. 
some of our business partners actually create internships for those students. So whether that's aerospace or diesel, mm. um, the students know that they can have a hands-on internship and, and really learn as they are in their classrooms and actually get into the lab. So we're very, very um, appreciative of the businesses that have stepped up. A lot of them have helped us with equipment. They've helped us with hiring. They've helped us um, make sure our curriculum is relevant. And, you know, we would not be a true community college if we didn't have strong workforce partnerships. Yeah, so important for that uh, that partnership with the business community to make sure everything's moving forward there. Uh, I, I want to ask you, as you've uh, as you've navigated this, again, you've got a lot of students that are, you know, first of their families uh, into higher education. What are some of the, the tricky factors that you have uh, had to navigate as you've gone through uh, this pandemic the last few months? Yeah, well, the very first thing that really, you know, was critical for us was trying to find financial support for our students. As you can imagine, when the pandemic hit and, you know, restaurants started closing and hotels started closing, a lot of our students, not just first-gen students, but all kinds of students who relied on uh, kind of entry-level jobs for their uh, money, got laid off. And so we had a ton of students that were still trying to finish their degree, but had also just recently been laid off. And now we're facing, you know, mortgage and food insecurity and um, really figuring out how do I stay in school and still meet all of these financial obligations that I hadn't really counted on. So we had a huge students in crisis fund that we um, found, our foundation board stepped up and found uh, donors. We actually had a a big increase in scholarships generated during that time to really help students just get their financial feet under them so they could finish their um, summer semester. You know, believe it or not, we have four food pantries across our 12 sites, and we had to keep those food pantries going because many of our students didn't have enough funds to even, you know, put food on the table. So, Basic needs became the kind of, you know, focus for us, and we're still trying to meet those so that we can help people feel safe and secure and fed while they pursue their education. Yeah, wow. I'm I'm sure that was not on your uh, priority list going into 2020, that you'd be dealing with that as a major issue for the Salt Lake Community College. Uh, We've got just a couple minutes left. If you're just joining us, we've got uh, Dr. Denise Huftelin, president of Salt Lake Community College, great innovator, great leader in our community on the line with us today. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what what have you learned personally through this whole process? And what have you learned about your students and faculty there at the uh, Salt Lake Community College? Well, I think that the trick here is to just be really authentic with folks. I mean, one of the things that hit us all is just how quickly we all had to change, how quickly we had to pivot and reimagine the way we did things. And a lot of things we thought we could never do, we actually have done. And so, you know, kind of, I think limited thinking was has become very obvious to me that sometimes we put limits on our thinking and when we really are forced to do something, uh, we can get very creative and innovative, and our faculty and staff have have just shown that creativity and that flexibility and kind of the grace under pressure mm. uh, more than anything. So the human spirit is alive and well, and that's kind of reminded me of that this this spring. Yeah, oh, I love that. I think uh, 
I think it's the essence of your uh, of all of your students, your faculty, and uh, what you're getting done there. I did just want to note it, uh, note quick. You also are getting innovative uh, this year's Gail Miller Utah Leadership Cup Golf Tournament uh, still on schedule for next month. We'll be a little creative in terms of uh, uh, what you expect there, but that's a, a great event. Uh, again, more great focus on leadership. Yes, um, our, our hats off to Gail Miller. She's been a, a champion of Salt Lake Community College for many, many years. And although we can't do our shotgun start and, you know, all of our lunches and prizes at the end of the tournament, we're still going to be on the course. We're still going to have a lot of teams playing at a social distance way and in a safe way, all to raise scholarships for students that really need to pursue their education now more than ever with this economy. And we're hopeful that we can raise enough money to give them more and more scholarship aid. Oh, that's fantastic. Again, uh, Dr. Denise Huftelin, president of Salt Lake Community College. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll have you back soon. Okay. Thanks so much for having me. Have a great day. All right. Uh, there she is again, uh, Salt Lake Community College, uh, doing so many important things in terms of that connection to the community, connection to the business community, uh, to make sure that you're getting both the the knowledge base and the skill power, uh, making sure people are ready to really engage in the workforce in a significant way. A significant way. Appreciate all the work that happens there. And as we've gone through this uh, series, uh, talking to many of the presidents of uh, our colleges and universities here in the state of Utah. Uh, I've learned so many things in terms of just their ability to be innovative, uh, but we found some really interesting things, too. Uh, I mean, who would have thought that a college president would be really worried about food pantries on each of their locations? Uh, when we were talking to Ruth Watkins up at the University of Utah, she talked about the digital divide and, and how hard that was for some of their students and how they had to adapt there. President Tumina is down at UVU uh, talking about just that gritty factor and, and dealing with some of the mental health issues. Uh, and so while we're really focused, obviously, on the uh, K through 12 and, and making sure we've got our kids ready to go and our teachers in a place where they're comfortable and confident, uh, higher education is doing some really extraordinary work uh, in terms of being creative and innovative to, to really make sure this doesn't become a lost year and really a, a lost class uh, of uh, people in uh, college and university because we need them to be part of our economy if Utah is going to continue to lead the nation and have a really strong standing in a new international marketplace as we emerge from this pandemic. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside. When we come back, we're going to talk about calling balls and strikes, and it's got nothing to do with baseball. Find out what it is next. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts. 